You're listening to The Spirit Hunters, a podcast Ronin subject to no network. Find out about our pod and how to join our now public and free Discord group and support the show at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod. Season 3, episode 37 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Joe. Sarah. And Patrick. Last time, in a seemingly a seeming eternity ago, we covered the last mission with Lauren and David of WPF Software Solutions and Lawson of Talking Naruto and Ballin' Out Super Podcast. This week, we return from our Southeast Asian-inspired hiatus and watch Gon grow up very fast. You better get ready. Pachoo. You know, I, I really enjoyed my visit to Southeast Asia. It was yeah, a lot of fun. Inspired, you know, you you had like the you had the Lacroix of Southeast Asia. It yeah. was in the other room. Exactly, exactly. It was a, it was a really enlightening experience. Uh, it's like those people that like go on those spiritual journeys or whatever. Uh, it was kind of like that, less cultural appropriation. But have it was you a ever lot heard about the 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 fatal uh, the fatal um, enlightenment journey that david carradine took to southeast asia oh to sentinel island no uh david carradine uh i think he died from autoerotic asphyxiation in oh. some place in thailand and when you know his family was questioned about it they're like he was there to discover ancient martial arts secrets <laughs> yeah in thailand you know there were people do hey, that no there hey there is a legitimate great martial arts culture in thailand that's not what he was doing yeah, no, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's what happens when you just like you know go so hard that you to have autoerotic. The motherfuckers want to find you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like exactly. it would be more believable if they said like, "Oh yeah, he was there to like vlog his street food adventures." <laughs> Yo, okay, if that's how David Carradine had died, okay, I would have been down. It's like he couldn't breathe from how spicy this pepper was. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but you know, typically we—I was gonna say—we should banter, but uh, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, I guess like, do you guys want to just tell a little bit about what you guys got up to in the invisible hiatus because we've been releasing episodes? So, listeners, you don't know about this, but different members of us have been on hiatus for the past couple months. I think like two months or one and a half months. I forget. Do you guys want to very briefly summarize what you've been up to? Sure, sir. Would you like to go first? Yeah, um, basically visited family in the Philippines, ate a ton of food, um, came back, went to New York, ate a ton of food, went to a surprise birthday party, and then most of July was spent working, got a promotion, made up some new friends, basically also eating a ton of food, and then saw saw Barbie last weekend. So it's been pretty fun. (laughs) Dang enough of that anyways uh, <laughs> that's enough of that joke mm-hmm. i'm gonna say something that might sound familiar i also went to the philippines and also visited some relatives and also had a lot of food um <laughs> i definitely gained some weight there because every morning not every morning but many mornings i had my favorite breakfast from childhood that i hadn't had in probably like 25 years which is champurado which is chocolate rice uh just imagine um chocolate rice oatmeal basically it's uh fucking amazing 
Yeah, and yeah, yeah, the the honestly greatest breakfast of all time, the breakfast of champions. Truly, truly. Um, but yeah, I instead of you know visiting New York, I went back to living in New York. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna pass the ball to Patrick. Well, actually, also weirdly enough, went to the Philippines and also went to relatives and ate a lot of food. And by the Philippines, I mean the great Filipino state of New Jersey, uh, which is very well known for being Philippines. Uh, no, uh, joking aside, I went back to Jersey. I saw a bunch of relatives. I uh, went to a, a my my uh, my rich my rich cousin's uh, a mansion and uh, met a bunch of Portuguese relatives that I could not understand because I do not speak the language, unfortunately, but it was a lot of fun. I was telling Joe he was getting jealous because I went to a, I went this, uh, my, my friend, my cousin has a, uh, Italian friend that has like a Italian pizza shop and bakery and he came over. Jersey. Literally. Yeah. It's literally the most jerseyest thing you could Jersey. Uh, guy even had the authentic, uh, you know, the cross outside of the, uh, outside of the shirt thing. <laughs> How much chest hair did he have? Um, he, I did not want to ask because that was, uh, that was kind of weird, but he probably had a lot anyways. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he brought some cannolis. He brought some tiramisu. It was like, I honestly was almost crying because of how delicious all the food was. It was unfair that I had to go back to Arizona and have to deal with AJ's to be able to have anything remotely good to that. Oh. If I had been invited to that party, I would have came and arrived. Oh no! I de- there was definitely a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, arriving for sure. A lot of All arriving. Right. <laughs> but no. Uh, but yeah, the uh, yeah, that sounded weirder than it should should have been. No. Uh, it actually wasn't at the party. It was he actually came up to the house. It was my fr- cousin's friend. But Where at the is party, this going? No, sorry, my cousin's friend. He drove. It was really weird because the it was weird because like, oh yeah, my friend's coming over that I met online. He's from our way from uh, I forgot where he was in Jersey because like he never met him before. He just drove up and like brought a bunch of desserts and I was like really nervous at first. But then when I got the desserts, like, okay, you're a good fam, but he was a really nice kid. Uh, great family. I need to visit his pizza shop when I come back down there. Yeah. Tell but, me where it is off air. Actually, unless they want to run an ad, I mean for, for free cause it's family, but yo, you should tell us at some point. Cause I, I want to check it out. Um, I'm going to, I'll message my cousin. It'll, I'll have Tommy insert it postcast and he'll do that <laughs> because that's obviously what I would, like him no don't do that tommy that's stupid tommy instead of inserting the ad just put in uh t- t- uh what is it called tarantella napolitana or just the spider-man 2 theme song that's fine too yeah that's that's actually a good idea pizza time but yeah anyways uh the, the funniest thing is that we i went the party i went to was a whole portuguese catered like food through thing it had it had sardinas they had the chicken and rice they had the rolls. They had everything. Everything that he had a bartender on tap, bartender at there making free drinks for everyone. He had nice. coolers of Mexican Coke. He had coolers of uh, Lacroix, Corona, all the drinks you could possibly imagine. Awesome. He even had a goddamn good was a good humor ice cream man pull up and give out ice cream bars. So like I literally could not believe my eyes. Also, That's he gave amazing. us a ride in his uh in his Batmobile. Yes, I said that right. He has a fucking Batmobile, and we rode in it. <laughs> I was not expecting that turn. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. The, like, I wish, the, like, it's kind of funny. I tell stuff about my family, and everyone thinks I'm lying about it. But it, it, it like, it, it's unbelievable how much craziness is in my family, good and bad. So, uh, yeah. Nice, uh, nice. If, 
if you guys want a good time and well that sounded weird if you guys want to have yeah. a legit like a fun time like and like just get crit oh, damn never mind this is if you want to if you want to be my friend you'd be my friend we'll do cool stuff okay i'm not every time i was worried that it got weirder and weirder so i am sorry but also that's what you have to deal with if you're my friend is that awkwardness but besides that it's fun Sounds good. Well, you guys will hear updates from Hannah and Megan in the future. Uh, whenever, whenever they're on again. Um, yeah, they're they're both out for this episode. So you got the three of us. The, you know, the Trinity, as we're common, re- commonly referred to. The golden um, triad, and, if you will. Yeah, the triad. That's that's what, that's what we're going to go with. Um, but anyways, uh, Sarah, if you want to uh, start us off with the first episode. All right. So we are covering episode 130. Magic to destroy, or in Japanese, Maho de Zetsubo. And it was originally released in Japan on May 21st, 2014. And the equivalent manga chapters are 304 and 305, which were released in Japan on April 12th, 2010. Yeah, so a little note um, about the name. Uh, for anyone who understands even a little bit of Japanese, the mistranslation here is not on us. This is a mistranslation uh, on the part of the official localization for some reason. The literal meaning of this is more like the magic where despair takes place. Uh, it's less literal, um, but if you want a, I mean, it's very, I mean, that, that one's very literal. But if you want a less literal one that's still like a more accurate translation, you could do magic of despair magic to destroy is not at all what this actually means um that being said i do think i have a theory as to why this episode is named this and i will get to it later because there's a line that is said later that it might be referencing isn't there an anime that's maho Ma- maho something yeah it's a magic world of uh, puella uh isn't it puella maho madoka magica Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's it. Ma- Which Maho I guess Madoka has magic Manchu. in it twice. But now that I think about it, so Maho implies like some level of cursedness or like hexing, and so maybe the name having both Ma- Magica and Maho in it is to indicate like, hey, there's a darker side to this. Spoilers for a show that's now relatively old. <laughs> yeah, go watch it. Wasn't it's not like a? It's like only twenty four episodes too, right? Yeah, it's a great show. Have you seen yeah. it? No, I haven't actually. Oh shit! Well, you should see it. It's it's been described, and I think this is accurate as the Evangelion of Magical Girl series. Sounds good. I'll make sure to uh, get my emotions ready. Yeah, similar to how Barbie is the Evangelion of of uh, <laughs> Mattel properties. I, I'm um, just glad that I'm not the one that picked up the Evangelion vibes from that from that movie, especially oh, towards sure. the beach battle. It was really weird at the end when it all came tumbling down, tumbling down, tumbling down. Yeah. But it's just because he's Ken. But uh, anyways, so the word Maho actually comes from Middle Chinese rather than I always thought like, oh, this must be a Japanese calc of the of a word from Portuguese similar to like, you know, tempura and like a couple and like pan and stuff like that. But it turns out this is actually from Middle Chinese because I thought like Maho was just like a way of saying like Mago, which would be like magician. That's magician in Spanish. I'm not actually sure if that's what it is in Portuguese, but it is likely similar. But turns out it's Chinese anyway, so it doesn't matter. Fair enough. So to describe the episode, uh, I decided to just take the Hunter Hunter wiki one uh, this week because, you know, we're coming back from break and I'm a little lazy. You know, you know, if you just imagine a bear coming out of hibernation and 
they have like that little nightcap from the 1800s on and they're like oh it's like that one uh bear that got rescued and from like a i think like a russian zoo and now she's just chilling in a ukrainian um uh wildlife conserve or whatever they're called well let's uh let's let's hope that wildlife conserve is not uh not in the direct war zone to be I fair, think... they're unlikely to probably attack what is probably wildernessy. <laughs> Just I like don't know, man. Strategic grounds would you get there unless there's like oil under it? I don't know, man. Putin's a character. Oh, we're getting political now. Anyways, uh, so you know, ex- just coming back out of my hiber- hibernation again. But uh, Shiapuff, uh continues his plan to remove you anything. Shia could... Puff? I mm, nope. Shiapuff, <laughs> uh, continue. Shiapuff. Continues his plan to remove anything that could trigger Merwim's memory of Komugi as the king arrives at the palace. Kiloa continues to hold on to Komugi and meets with Palm. Gon and Neferpito arrive where Kite is. However, Gon must now face the truth. He's got to face it head on. Yep. You know. Uh, so, you know, this episode kind of starts with uh, the king and Shrunken Poof flying over the stupefied humans. So we get the weird visual of, like, you know, the people drooling again. And uh, it kind of has everyone who's, um, you know, still alive and like in the palace just being like, oh, shit. Like, you know, as they fly over because they're just like, oh, I guess he didn't die. That's all like, I'm pretty sure we saw a rose in the distance. Uh, He should be dead. Yeah, he uh, everyone's a bit concerned. A lot of a lot of concern there because it's like, um, did our ace in the hole just fail? So. Yeah, and like the reaction we've talked about, like who knew what on the team, and mm-hmm. the reaction of Knuckle, you know, previously kind of made us wonder, but this time he reacts as if like, oh, he should definitely be dead. But I guess like they all had to have seen the rose, so like even if they didn't know it going into the plane, yeah. So that doesn't actually support the theory I was just putting forward. But yeah, I I do think they are all in shock at having seen the rose, regardless of whether they knew it was coming, and then still. The king's here, guys. He's he's just normal. He's fine. Return of the king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, god. I've been. I don't know why, but I've been seeing a lot of uh, like Lord of the Rings memes on like my social feeds recently, and it makes me really want to rewatch. But I'm probably gonna wait for winter because that's you know the traditional time. I I mean that I mean that's pretty much what it is when uh you know got uh you know the the wise men giving the stuff to jesus you know the, the three wise men climbed up the the tower through gaunt through a mordor and put the ring in the volcano i mean same same concept i mean i mean even had even had uh some really religious dude come back from the dead yeah i mean yeah i mean lord of the rings is nothing if not christian but it's not christian in the way like c.s lewis is where it's like hey this is direct equivalence it's more like christian inspired but yeah yeah, I, I'd be down for an extended, extended watch, extended edition watch. Super. Let's let's talk more about it uh, after. Well, like, super. Let's Good idea. Not do a movie commentary because I don't want to do a ten-hour movie. Commentary. <laughs> Come on, Joe. <laughs> let's do a ten-hour movie commentary. What's the worst that could happen? Okay, if we arranged it as a charity and like we collected donations and then like matched donations, I would consider doing a fucking ten-hour stream of the Lord of the oh, Rings boy. commentary. <laughs> That would be a lot. I can I couldn't imagine anybody that would want to listen to our voices for Tower Straight though. That sounds like not fun. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of people in dire situations, mm-hmm. uh so 
they as they're going through, I think Poof explains to Meruem like the 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 meat orchard. He described so they went from calling the trees with the humans in them the meat orchard to describing the individual humans in the sacks as human grapes. Uh, those who can become soldiers. I'm not going to lie, hearing the phrase human graves makes me just think that's like some item in an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It really just sounds like something that would happen in that show. That just sounds like a reference to balls. It's like, yeah, this is our ball tree. Here's where we have our many, many balls and what we can, <laughs> and a conglomerate that we call the ball sack. So. <sighs> okay, I gotta, I know, I know we've talked a lot about uh, Journey to the West, oh, God, but I'm going to bring go. up the weirdest chapter in that book. I say the weirdest chapter, but I never finished it. So maybe some other weirder shit happens, but there's definitely a, a chapter where all four of the people in the group who are all vegetarians because they're Buddhist eat this fruit that is baby shaped and has the intelligence and behavior of a baby because they are assured it is a plant. And like, it is never, it never comes back as like, oh my God, you ate a fucking baby. It's like, no, 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 it's a plant. This is okay. You can eat the, this baby because it's a plant. That's fine. Um, and two things. One, Trigun. Two, uh, reminds me of the Adventure Time episode. Uh, did you guys ever see that episode that ends with Finn eating like tofu human? And then I he smiles so. as, the, as it cuts the credits. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I remember that one. It's a pretty great episode because it turns out unicorns eat human. Uh, eat well, they used to eat human. Now they eat uh, tofu human. Oh, Less terrifying. But yeah, did, uh, did you hear that the Fiona and Cake are actually coming as a whole series now? Oh, that's cool. I, I, do, I stopped paying attention to Adventure Time after season four, partially because it got harder to find, but like it was also getting more confusing. But I would like to watch more of it someday. Don't worry, HBO Max will probably remove it like they did with all the other series, like uh, Venture Brothers. Venture Brothers, yeah, that's fucking a crime, dude. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty pretty rough. That shows this shows a hard enough time getting an audience, let alone that now. So it's like, cool, thank you. Really appreciate that, uh, HBO Max. Thank you, or Max, whatever the hell it's called. But anyways, uh, yeah, like I said, we we I guess you were saying that we found the. They were looking at the, the ball tree or whatever. Yeah, the human graves. Human grape tree. Uh, I like how they keep uh, finding words to describe that differently. It's like we upgrade <laughs> to meat tree to human grapes, and it's going to be the, the human evolution cycle. It's like they keep finding really better euphemisms for that they, tree. They just but... come back to the Yuhaka show thing of like the seaweed people, and they're like, oh, cultivated humans. Yeah, they'll, <laughs> eventually they'll find something, but... Yeah, you just give them a tour of the you know the the treatment, and then it the cuts to poof like, oh god, hide the shit, hide the shit. We gotta hide it. God, he's coming, guys. Come, he's gonna see it and get his memory back, and then he's gonna kill me. He's doing like the worst surprise birthday party of all time. Yeah, it's it's like a forget me party. Where it's like, oh, gotta forget that person. Yeah, Leave I feel them like uh, Poof's mo is like girl boss, gatekeep. Gaslight. <laughs> Even with this king, he's like, I can't, I can't let it go. You gotta erase everything. God, talk about obsessed. So, um, you know, among other things, we find out that Palm is tracking Gon and uh, Pito psychically, and uh, she explains that having a, she has a bird's eye view of anyone she's registered with her right eye. Uh, and then she has the view with her left eye. This was like a Jojo ass thing that like the level of explanation makes you think it's going to be relevant to the plot. It's just like, yeah, let me tell you about my eyes. You guys can't see it. I mean, you two who are 
like with me can see this, but I'm just like repeatedly covering and uncovering different <laughs> eyes and striking poses. And that's basically what she was doing. She's like, check this shit out. And it never comes back. Yeah. It's just a really cool Jojo pose. I was assume that it was her getting used to her powers. Cause I mean, to be fair, she only got that power. What? A, like a cut, like an hour ago or less or awaken that. So it's like, it's like maybe she's still getting used to it. It's like, okay, well, I need to cover the eye right now to be able to focus. But she gets so good where it's like, okay, don't need it anymore. I can do both at the same time. Okay, well, you you know the you know Chekhov's gun, the idea of Chekhov's gun? Yeah, yeah. The, the thing where it's like if it's on the set, it's meant for something. If it's on you the set, it's got to be used later. And it's just like this doesn't fucking happen. <laughs> I don't think he forgot about it. I just think he thought, like, this is really cool. Wait. I don't need to actually build up to anything with this. Fuck it. It's cool, I guess. But, yeah, no, um, I I did like the I did like the whole scene there. It was kind of like that gro- the I like the the cute friendship that uh Gone and uh, uh I mean Killua and uh Killua and what's her name is forming. Yeah, definitely. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but just to finish out the stuff with the power, uh mm-hmm. she says that she can only use to watch three people at once, which again is a lot of detail for something that doesn't really get used to its full extent. And, uh, you know, at first, Kilo is like, oh, that seems pretty limited. And she's like, no, being able to use it on just three people means that it's easier for me to know where people are. And it's like, I guess. Yeah, OK. Sounds that sounds like limited to me. But if you want to stop that way, whatever. No, I mean, it's it's fair. It's just like, well, because I can't see other people, I can see them. And it's just like, true, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it felt like she was like, well, you can only see yourself, so suck it, kid. I can see three. (laughs) Yes, that feels like a scary movie uh, episode. I wish there had been a scary movie equivalent for anime. That would be great, but it'd probably have been terrible. It'd probably be there. It'd probably be kicking like celebrities down wells and stuff. So I think it'd be the dub version of what's it called? Ghost stories. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we should do a commentary of that. Then I'm like, no, we shouldn't. We really shouldn't. Yeah. Cause I, I think I watched it with, we watched a, cl- a couple clips of it with Joe at, his, at a party once. Yes. And there was a lot of anti-Semitism in there. Uh, eventually. Well, not just anti-Semitism, a lot of racism. Like we were like, yo, this is funny for the first couple of clips. And then like, eventually we were like, turn this off, turn this off. And we had it on the speakers prior to that and we're like we need to get this off here oh god yeah it was it was it was i for i you think it's funny then you remember it how much of the nine the 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 oh the, early the, 2000s the, yeah, yeah the early late, late 2000s humor it has in there and it's like ooh. yeah so yeah don't uh i mean it's probably funny if you're watching your own but yeah it's it's definitely a, a, a period piece for sure yeah um, but uh, kind of going to some other characters, mm-hmm. uh, Gone and Pito walk, uh, and you know, Gone is guiding Pito to where Kite is, you know, building up tension. And I kind of like that they're cutting between these two different like uh, streams of action, just because it's just like every time you go back to this, you're like, this is the tensest shit ever, and then you just go back to <laughs> Kila and uh, Palm's budding friendship, I guess. They're like holding hands, like, hey, you're cool. It's like thank you. It's like why did you say thank you to me? It's like it's nothing. It's like I'm gonna be. I'm really pissed at you now, kid. Actually, we're friends. Okay, we're good now. Never mind. Lol. It's, it's um, weird. It's it, it's an interesting scene though. I do like. I think it's cute. Uh, maybe just building that up and like having them because I mean we had the whole fight with her turning into Bayonetta, and that whole bonding thing. And it, and I I kind of like the build up. It's like a little. Uh, I wouldn't say caps off the friendship because I don't think it was really covered that much anymore after this scene i believe but i could be wrong 
I, I mean, I think that's pretty much right. Um, but so back on the the gone thing, uh, Pito answers, uh, well, answers a pocket cell phone call, but doesn't actually like answer it. They just leave it like what? It's the opposite of butt dialing. It's butt answering a phone. Um, and they hear Welfin explain that quote unquote. The woman has been captured. And two things about this, before we get into the reveal of, like, what this is. So, we've talked about Gon having super senses. Uh, I now think he just has super smell and super vision. Because if he had super hearing, he definitely could have heard this. Because, like, you could be like, well, you know, Pito as an ant has, like, incredible hearing. And therefore, they could hear something that even Gon couldn't. It's just like, dog, a cell phone that you have in your pocket is not that soft. Like, you can oftentimes make it out as a human being. So this is just kind of like a weird contrivance here. It also could be that he did hear it, but he he didn't he didn't need to react to it because it's like, they might, they I honestly, I think they might have known that it might be a bluff or it's fake because it seems like nothing really changed because Pito pretty much probably would have done the same thing regardless. I I don't think that actually. I think Pito really? would definitely change their like behavior. Like they, I think they even say something to that effect. Uh, like oh yeah, as long as like she's safe, I don't have to worry about gone. Um, I guess like maybe let's let's examine what would have happened had gone heard this, mm-hmm. because if gone had heard this, I don't think gone would have changed his behavior. I think gone would still have led Pito there and was just like, how about instead of killing Komugi, I just fucking kill you. Is probably how Gon would have reacted, and then yeah. it was just, it was just played out the same way where it's like, okay, I'll ki- okay, come kill me, because I think Pito, I think Pito didn't realize, oh yeah, he might have stood his chance, but before, before, I mean, before she, uh, they found out the real power. I think Gon. Gon is so single-minded in his objective that he wouldn't have really cared if he had overheard the phone call, it's like nothing's going to change his mind and what he's going to do, regardless of any other extra factors that are going on. But if I think if he had known that Kumugi was no longer like with Kilawa, that they lost that um, advantage, then he probably would have been like, all right, Kito, you're done. I'm <laughs> you're done for <laughs> no yeah, point. Maybe, in waiting. maybe he would have been like, we do this now, actually. Exactly. Like you heal kite, and you're dead. Like <laughs> no more extra minutes. Yeah, but speaking of the, you know, this this call, uh, it is then revealed that uh, you know uh, Komuki's on the phone. Weird. And then you zoom out slowly to find out <laughs> that you have the creepiest fucking catfishing situation going on, where uh, in a elder t- elder Toguro ass move. Uh, Poof has changed his face and therefore vocal tracks to be that of Komugi. Doing the classic bow tie Detective Conan into the phone trick. But my thing is, when I'm thinking why maybe maybe Pito didn't believe it was really Komugi was because she they probably knew what the abilities are the abilities are of him. So maybe they knew that it could have been a fake. I don't think they know. I don't think they know that because I think. Poof only discovered his ability to rearrange himself at the cellular level during the re- reinstatement of Meruem, mm-hmm. like where he melted himself. Uh, well, I guess he didn't melt himself. He actually just became basically stem cells, um, as opposed to, you know, Yuppie, who actually just melted himself. That was weird. Yeah, it was pretty weird. <laughs> it's <was> very <laughs> weird, actually. Um, but I think, um, I don't think it makes sense that 
Pito knew because otherwise, like this call would be meaningless. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. T- to me, it seems like it seems like the end result would have ended the same way. Like I think uh, if if P- if it was like you know oh uh, if it turned out yeah they because I think Pito in their mind knew that there's no way they could have brought back Kite and it was going to be the same result regardless. Like, there's no way they they could have made made them like a functioning human again. So I think either way, like as as much as that call change if they believed it or not, I think it would have been the same end result regardless. Where it's like Gon won't accept that he's that he's dead, and that and that uh, and that they can't do anything about it, and he just goes off in range and just destroys Pito. Yeah, I think the only difference would have been in timing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so while talking about this, Poof says the line, "My lie is like a magic trick." And ding, 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 ding. Uh, you know, we found the secret word. Uh, R.I.P. Paul Rubens, who I just recently uh. found out died uh, today. Um, or at least the headlines are today. I didn't look through the story to see when it happened. but No, he died last night. Ah, oh, man. But I think this is the origin of the episode title in English. Uh, like, magic to destroy as opposed to magic of despair. Because, hey, this is a magic that destroys things so i think this is probably why they made the english title that that's fair i suppose yeah so poof's deception is basically to get pito out from under gon's control aka the threat of murdering komugi this does feel very chess like as well which you know is very in line with komugi and meruem's characters yeah so it's definitely a definitely is a really really powerful scene and do you want to talk about the actual point of them going to you know kite and finding out the sad truth uh yeah i mean let's i mean that's that's what happens next so please okay <laughs> so, um so basically you know they get uh a gone gets to them and they or gets to kite and pito pretty much just like stop is like i need to really be honest with you he's he's straight up dead homie like there's no bringing him back i'm just keeping the, f- the flesh alive and you know he just pretty much they just pretty much releases uh, kite from that hold and he just collapses onto the floor and gone just absolutely is destroyed like completely destroyed yeah. i think one thing about that scene that in retrospect it go it shows all the flashbacks to that battle between kite and uh, pito and then showing all the instances where the yeah t- kite should like definitely died at that moment like to the point where it was like ending, I think, with the pizza holding Kite's head in its lap. And I think it speaks to like Gon's, like either his naivety or his like willful ignorance that there is a chance for Kite to be alive. But I think for anyone else, they would be like, yeah, that guy's dead. Like there's no coming back from that. Yeah. So. This is interesting because I think this is one of the biggest subtle differences between the manga and the anime, where in the manga, they made it clear during that fight, Kite is dead, 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 like cannot come mm-hmm. back and Gon is deceiving himself the whole time. While in the anime, they give some plausibility to both Gon and the viewer, like, hey, maybe there's a way to bring him back. While in the, because of the way manga functions, there's literally a panel where Kite's decapitated head is just in Pito's lap and they're just chilling and, like, you're just supposed to stare at that for, like, a minute. 
yeah. and like you can't do that during an anime episode. So I mean, they, they do hold on that image and and that anime that that anime episode for quite a while. For sure, but they do it now during the reveal. But like mm -hmm. you couldn't have done it during that episode where it was initially showed. No, they did Be show it during the episode when it was initially. They showed. showed it, but it was like brief. I I mean a literal okay. minute when I say a minute because like when I was reading it, I was just like, oh, this is like a portraitly scene. Like you're supposed to look at this as like a piece of not just art in the sense of like all artistic production is art, but in the sense of like this is a museum piece. Like it's a poster. It's like the it's like the falling of Christ or like the sift the 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 last supper of Christ or something like that. You know. Yeah, basically. And so because of that, you're supposed like it is drawn in such a way to attract continued attention, as opposed to something that has to move and has to have its own tempo. And this is interesting because you know, manga and all comics have to create a sense of tempo, but that sense of tempo is related to time, but not in the same way that anime is, which has an explicit regular tempo it is up to creating a perceptual atmosphere about making you want to control the time in a certain way. And the way it was done in the manga makes you focus on dude is dead. Dude's kind of dead, bro. But yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. He's and then Gondis loses it. And Peter, I mean, I think this is a really humanizing, humanizing scene from the part of the point of the ants where it's like the, ant. It, it turns into a because uh, I mean Pito, while well doesn't while it's not regretting what they did, they kind of feel the pain that Gon's going through. Whether not really, even if they don't really say it, you know. It is interesting because you know. So when when we were in the heads of both Yuppie and Poof, we heard explicitly what they were thinking about in terms of them growing as a person, with like you know uh, Yuppie talking about basically like honor and shit like not honor, but so much as like respecting strength and. Poof, uh, talking about basically their devotion and love for the king. While in this, we're getting a much more external view of uh, of of Pito's uh, development, where they basically have come to respect and care about Gon as an opponent. You know, where they're just basically like, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna kill you, but like." because of the kindness of like what you've done and like how you care about this, I need you to know that this was not, there was no point in doing this. Like I, there was kind of a trick here. I didn't do it. I just kind of didn't tell you that someone else was manipulating you, but there was a trick here. There was an attempt and now I have to kill you for the King. So bye. Yeah, basically it's just, it's effectively someone doing a, I'm following orders. Sorry about this, bro. Pretty much, and and it's like uh, as soon as that that realization happens, Gon's just still on the floor in the catatonic state, and then slowly, once it sets in for him that he's got to fight Pito, he's like, "Alrighty, that that's what you wanted." I do like the passage of his thoughts between who he assigns blame to. I could probably, if I had looked more deeply, I could have looked at mm -hmm. these stages of grief, but I took down a three lines that I think are relatively pivotal in terms of that development. And like, this is obviously a very time compressed version of the stages of grief. But the first one is if I didn't follow him, none of this would have happened. Uh, the second is no, it isn't my fault. Pito is the one who killed him. Not me to the third is I killed kite. It was all my fault. And so these are obviously people talk about the stages of grief as if they're linear and like, clearly they're not. 
uh, you know, if you know anything about the way people deal with grief. And clearly that's not here because Cohen goes from something that's relatively accepting of like, hey, someone else did this, like their agency did this to like, no, 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 it's me. I'm yeah. the one. And then uh, shit hits the fan. He uh, starts to glow a really messed up color. And I believe a dark pact is made. Well, I think something triggered that uh, transformation because as he's like trying to figure out, come to terms with who's at fault for Kite's death, um, suddenly Kite uh, Pito is using Doctor of Life to heal their arm, and then Gon is like, "Wait a minute, that means Pito might heal Kite? Wait a minute, why is Pito healing themselves and not Kite? What's going on? I don't understand. Why is this happening? I just, I don't understand." And I think that triggers the transformation that we see, which I thought was. I've, I've heard about this. I feel like ew, among the anime community, it's very, well, this is probably one of the moments that people usually cite as like why Hunter Hunter is so great and why you need to stick through it and watch it. And I definitely agree. That was definitely, it did not disappoint at all. So I was like, oh, damn, shit's, shit's real now. I think as part of the transformation, he also says the phrase, please help me, somebody help me, someone help me, someone oh, help Kite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, he turns inward and asks for help from maybe himself, but a deeper part of himself, like a place of a supreme vow and a prohibition, almost as if he's making a Nen vow. Yikes. The episode ends with Gon begging for K Pito to help Kite one last time. No, I thought it was when he started to transform is when that happens. When it ends, right? Uh, yeah, but I think I think he's saying it as mm -hmm. oh, as, as he's transforming. Um, wait, I think the transformation might start in the yeah. The transformation happens in the next episode, actually. Yeah. Okay, I thought I thought it was start, sorry. It, like I said, they kind of they kind of go together so well. It feels like it's one one episode. C yeah. Can I? I'm going to reveal something from behind the curtain. I had originally intended for this to be the only episode we covered this time. And then we were going to talk about the Manhattan project. Um, and I planned this way before Oppenheimer was announced. Um, like I planned this years ago. Uh, but now that we got here, I'm like, no, these episodes need to be together. And the world is going to know more than enough about, you know, the Manhattan project for us to ever have to cover it again. Yeah. That, that was kind of weird timing though. Yeah, I mean, a series from Japan <laughs> making a nuclear bomb analogy and point, not that crazy, but yeah, Christopher Nolan going at it. That's the weirder part. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, so what y'all, uh, I guess, like, do you want to talk about the manga differences, uh, Patrick? Because, like, I, I know there are some, but I didn't clock that many. There was a couple of them, so I guess the first one, uh, uh, the top one, that's the the first one there, we'll cover that like, in a little bit, just because it's so out of order, but the first one is that there's this cool split screen as the king's returning of all the characters and what they're doing, and oh yeah, this is nice. the discussion, so it's kind of a neat little thing that's not in the anime, but it kind of, they kind of recreate it in the anime in a way, but I kind of like that it's all these panels of us then like, oh, uh, Knuckles seeing the stuff, uh, Knuckles and the M Meleron seeing it. To, to make it more clear, basically they put a bunch of 
panels of individuals with words on them over top of a broad bird's eye view. Well, bird's eye third, three fourths view map of the entire compound. And yeah, this is something you inherently cannot do in anime. So they had to substitute uh, a montage instead. It's pretty cool, though, because you can see these expositions of where, where everyone is. Yeah, I like it a lot. So very nice thing. I think I might add, send it, put it on Twitter do if it. you already have it on there. You mean on X? Oh, God damn I forgot. <laughs> that actually it actually just kicked over for me, too. Like, I have X. I actually could not find Twitter for a second. Like, where the hell is my Twitter app? It's like, oh, yeah, they changed to X. Thank you. Thank so you, Elon Musk. I've been using an app to cross-post things from our Instagram to our Twitter for a long time. Mm-hmm. It was still working even after Twitter changed its API costs and policies. Mm-hmm. It stopped recently, and my suspicion is that they were basically... Uh, what's it called when you don't use an API? What's it called? Like they, were, I think scraper? they were, yeah, I think they were scraping to keep the functionality on, and I bet they got a cease and desist from Twitter because they realized they weren't paying their API bills. Yeah, I, I listen. I, I mean, I, I mean, you want to tangent, but I have no idea how Twitter went. Like, I don't, I can't believe. Like, this is like people like pointing out how Elon Musk is not a genius, and it's like this is like the perfect example why he's not, and it's like it seems too good to be true. Like he just makes mistake after mistake. And it's crazy. Like, even they messed up the sign. Like, the sign was, like, a giant strobing effect, and they had to change the Twitter sign. It's the X sign now. It's, 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 it's like a joke. I don't know if this is, like, a real thing or not. And it's, like, this seems like a, a parody. This seems yeah. like it'd be a movie. It's, like, literally everything has gone wrong. A bad reception, bad optics. Like, it's, it's crazy. I won't dwell on this too long, but have you ever heard of the movie Brewster's Millions? Oh, yeah, of course. Dude, he's just Brewster's millions. That's what's up. <laughs> don't vote. Don't vote for Elon Musk. Do not. God, I need to watch that again. I love that movie. Oh, I yo, I bet it's still very funny, but I bet there's some stuff that did not age well. Uh, Probably not. It's a fucking '80s New York centric comedy. There's no way it aged well. There's gonna be like some of the most homophobic and racist shit you've ever seen, but some parts will probably still be very funny. You and I should watch it at some point. Bruce the. Uh... Yeah, down, down. We should have really watched it towards a, uh, towards the hunter. Uh, sorry, the the uh, the uh, Greed Island arc with the the dude, the the rich dude that's spending oh, all his money. I yeah, I can kind of see the connection there. But anyways, continuing but yeah, with the with the manga differences. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, that's on for, me. Yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, so Kamugi looks really jacked in this version of uh, in the manga versus the anime. Like the sorry, the Kamugi. Uh. Uh poof hybrid looks really really freaky in this version yo i like how the very official subtitles uh, the very official scan translation you have very official refers to poof as poof dono which while definitely what they said in japanese is just funny because you wouldn't get that in any licensed localization for anything that wasn't a period piece yeah i'm still surprised they put that in the official viz translation though it's weird yeah, the very official Viz translation that you always use for this. Exactly, exactly. Um, the next cha- interesting change that uh, Pito is a lot more blunt in the manga versus the anime, where it's like, oh yeah, I can't bring someone back from the dead. All, all that, all that kite was was a rotting corpse that I controlled. His spirit's not there. I don't think there's specifically a spirit discussed in the ang- anime, from my understanding or my remember. They said the word soul. Okay, yeah, that, that might have been. I don't know. It seemed like it was 
to me, it seemed like it was more definitive, like, oh, yeah, he was dead, dead, and he's just like a corpse that yeah. I made walk, versus the show where it's like, oh, he's kind of kind of not there. It's like a whole different thing. I wish I knew about Japanese. I wish I knew enough to read the Japanese original for this and figure out what word they used that has been replaced with spirit or soul. Because depending on what it is, it could be any number of things. Yeah, like, you know, it could be like presence of mind. It could be like literal Buddhist conception of soul. But like, it'd be interesting to know. But it doesn't matter. Anyways, um, we, with regards to this panel, I really like the way that they changed Gon's shading from like line art with some pretty dark eyes to his eyes and then his hair having the same shading that is much more sketchy in like the next panel. Yeah, I do like that gradual change of him, like that that spirituality thing of that, like him, like the the fear in his face or like the dread. Also, like, just, like, the world becoming unreal to him as he becomes more and more of a sketch instead of a finished outline. That's a good That's a good analogy, for sure. That's a good one. But, yeah, I do think it's really, really a great panel and really, really is sad. It's the big sad. Uh, the next big change that, um, in the anime, I don't think Pito ever, like, apologized to Gon and, like, said, I'm sorry for this happening or sorry that you're going through this. But in this one, like, Pito li- literally just says, I'm sorry, because the in the anime it seemed more. Peter was like, "I I just did it because you're my combatant. I can't really apologize for what I did because I don't feel sorry for it." But this one is seems Pito's generally like verbalizing, "I'm sorry you're going through this, or I'm sorry that uh, you had to learn this way." I and might I be misremembering, but I thought in the anime they did say, "I'm sorry," but it was part of a larger sentence like, "I'm sorry about." Like while mm-hmm. in the manga, they're very clearly framing. Pito just saying I'm sorry which is a much more dramatic and direct thing to say that that might have been it but I, I I didn't remember them actually like apologizing apologizing but it could have been like I said I could have missed it I was watching it so maybe it, I yeah I it. meant I'm not it saying was the like, dub too. I, I think you might be right in terms of like it is not a full apology so much as more like a hey I'm sorry to do this type of thing rather than like a like literal I am standing directly in face in front of you and saying I'm sorry yeah, no, that that might have been it. That might have, like it's the same words, thing, yeah. but they mean something very different. Exactly, I think that's kind of what I was more going for for that. But yeah, I just think it was it was really interesting. They changed that, and made Pito more apologetic versus the reality of what they needed to do. But I honestly kind of like the anime change a lot more because it made makes them more of the character that they they really are, and like in representing the manga where it's like I have to do this as a soldier and protect the king. I don't really have time to really apologize, apologize, and feel pity for you sort of thing. But I do feel bad in a way, if that makes sense. But yeah, and then uh, the big uh, the big words of the the whole I killed them and the, and the, the way that they, they show the, oh, him arguing with himself on the page, which I thought was really interesting. The Basically, just a bunch of words. It's just two characters. It's just Pito, uh, it's just Pito and Gon like, in the room and just a white white background and just words all the screen says kite is dead kite is dead it's my fault no it killed him i killed him that sort of whole internal argument is just one panel yeah like, i like the idea things. that it's like intrusive thoughts it's yeah. it's really cool i do find that it's really effective the way that it's um set up so with gone being like the closest to the foreground is that correct um yes. for yeah. to the reader and then f- Pito and then Kite's body, which looks barely visible. It looks like just a bunch of uh, scratch lines. It's almost like that you're seeing it from your 
gone is dissociating and you're like gone like observing from above like the view and it's just like the only focus that he really has is him trying to convince himself that or realizing that kite is dead and that kite is no longer something that someone that he can perceive but the there's still like a distinct focus on pito because that's something or someone that he can place blame on besides himself and that internal battle inside of him to figure out like well what does this mean who can i blame is it my fault is it pito's fault i don't know i also think there's another aspect of this that's not reflected in the anime that at first I was like, oh, maybe this is just a drawing mistake. But I don't think Togashi would make this as a drawing mistake. If you extend Gon's sightline forward, it does not line up with either where Pito or Kite is. Mm. It is passing them to the left. And I think this is to show that Gon is fully dissociated completely in his mind and staring into the emptiness of like the rest of the world. Honestly, that that does seem like that that is is purposely made, where yeah. it looks like that he's he's just like thinking of himself because I think the enemy it's he's just looking directly at Kite doing this. Yeah, he's he's looking at Kite and Pito. While in this, I think he's like, oh, Kite isn't here. That's not Kite. I'm gonna look into the the dark emptiness of the world, which is very apt. Yeah, and I I can definitely see why you wouldn't be able to set that shot up as well in anime. Just because, like, you don't want a ponderously long thing where people can observe eyelines. Yeah, I think the only way they would view it if they had, like, a similar still of the scene within the anime. But to hold it as long as you would probably look at a manga panel would probably be, like, too much for the average watcher. A little bit much. Yeah, I I think... um... It, the only show I can think that did that is fucking 1997 Berserk because they didn't have any budget, so half of it was, <laughs> we'll just move the camera across this still image very slowly. Put the sound effects in. Honestly, it's still bizarre to me that's still better better animated than the 2012-11 version. I am not joking when I say I wish more anime would do that. I actually really like that style. I know it's born out of like not enough money, and so this is like... You know, someone who's like, I like the taste of bologna because I used to be poor, but for real, like, <laughs> bologna's good sometimes, man. I mean, the thing is, that's a cinematic shot, even like they still do it, even like in Western movies and like in TV. Yeah, this is artisanal bologna. Exactly, exactly. The bologna is the bologna is high grade, like it's high grade bologna, made in literal bologna, like Bologna, bologna. Italy. We fucking bologna did it. land, but yeah, like it just, it, it just really cinematic which i think is interesting and it's unintended but mm-hmm. yeah i i do agree they should really make more do more shots like that but yeah uh you have a note here uh r.i.p r.i.p kato one four one two dead forever before we get to talking about the episode as a whole i mean i think we mostly have said our piece so uh we'll we'll save our deeper thoughts for later uh do you guys want to rate those deaths and by that i mean do you want to rate the one death and by that we have to discuss is this a death? Like, what does this mean? Spirituality time. Get get the Jeopardy music uh, or the Wheel of Fortune music. Is this a death? Is this I'm personally of the belief death? this is not a death. This is more just like a kid's delusion crashing down, realizing that the guy's been dead a while. Right. I think it lies what Joe said. It's more like the confirmation that someone has died. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. I 
I should look at another thing. It's kind of like uh, somebody that's on life support. Is Are they really dead or did they die, you know, before they have pulled on life support? You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you seen um, Empire of the Sun? No. I forget who directed it, but Christian Bale is in it as a young boy. Oh, I think I watched it years and years ago. Yeah, I remember liking it well enough. But the reason I bring it up is he's a young boy who's in like a World War II internment camp in Shanghai during Japanese occupation, who later when Americans show up and like liberate the place, uh, I think a young boy who a young boy soldier from Japan who was about to kill him is gunned down by Americans. But because of the trauma he's seen, he tries doing effectively cpr on this like dead japanese soldier who's about to kill him who's only like a couple years older than him and like he comes back to life briefly and you're like what the fuck and then like it just cuts to like the objective view of the soldiers around him of him just basically trying to resuscitate this person who's clearly very dead and like i feel that's kind of like what happens here uh basically that i could see that like basically all the all the stuff that 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 gone is seen you know, whether whether it be his body like attacking him constantly, it's just like an exaggeration or like a imagination of gone where it's like he's really just a walking corpse and it's a lot more gruesome than yeah. A lot he's more. assigning life to what is a literal puppet. I see. So it's basically the imag- It's the realization that he's actually a dead, dead thing. Yeah, I looked up Terpsichora because I was like. Oh, I guess this isn't Terpsichora. This is about Dr. Blythe. But Terpsichora is the one who does the puppetry stuff for uh, for Pito. I'm pretty sure they're the muse who's responsible for dance. So you could describe them as the lord of the dance. And like hence why, you know, they would respond to puppetry. It is weird, though, that that, uh, that Pito had the ability on Kite for so long, just didn't bring it back afterwards. It's like, why would they? Or, or maybe it's like, or is it? I was always confused about that. Was that just a puppet? We'll get into the details of that later because Terpsichore is used in a different way later in this. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I was... But yeah, I guess uh, technically, I guess, not a death, but kind of is, but not really, but kind of is, but not really. Yeah, did we rate Kite's death back when it happened? I think we did, I, didn't we? I'm pretty sure we did. I think that okay. was in the eight or nine. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, Somebody it's, pull it's... the tapes. I oh I think I remember being like oh yeah in the manga this is a nine in the anime it's like a seven because you're like who the fuck is this guy but it's clearly important <laughs> yeah um anyways uh so we used to do uh, ad reads uh, back when we were part of a network but I have a uh, somewhat important message to relay here before we go to break um I wrote this just kind of spur of the moment but uh you know the other host can tell me if I should delete this later but this is something I've been feeling recently. Uh there are many strikes going on uh for better working conditions in the USA right now. Uh a country that has progressively removed more and more rights and protections from the people who make products and services we need and want. Uh please support strikes including the WGA and SAG and uh any number of other uh strikes in different industries and please do not cross picket lines by uh, you know, going to uh, see things specifically made by these groups. Like, basically follow the directives put bo- forward by the um, put forward by the different unions. Like, don't just assume. Because, for instance, uh, there has been no nothing by WGA or SAG-AFTRA saying don't use Netflix. You're fine to use Netflix, but they have said if you have, like, a podcast that covers things that were made under SAG-AFTRA contracts, do not run the podcast. 
luckily or unluckily, the voice in the voiceover industry is completely unregulated and it has no union. So we're going to continue operating. But man, fuck, that hurts to to say out loud. Uh, you know, maybe in the future, uh, greater union support across the country will allow for better working conditions in voice acting as well. But that's a subject for another time. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, with stuff like this, it, it's. Uh, while it is a bright, a bright set, it also shows the, like Joe said, the unfortunate unregulation of the industry where we're going to see a big rise in anime in both theaters and maybe even more of in a public opinion because these the services are not going to be able to re- probably push back and have to release stuff in time. So there's going to be a lot of anime that's replacing a lot of movies probably coming next year or like maybe more like more like different type of shows and more like animated stuff that has that's under sag after so uh it sucks but it's like the it's just the way that it goes i do agree that i really wish the animation industry was striking as well especially with anime voice acting being as gruel grueling as it is because of all the you know that being being able to pay them pennies to do voice acting work where it's like to a level where we could actually probably afford on our budget to get popular voice actors to say stuff because of how unregulated the industry is and it's just a very sad state of affairs i i wouldn't be surprised if some of the most popular voice actors are also uh sag members because many of them are also just actors but that being said some of them might continue doing voice work even though they are sag actors because in their main line of work which is probably voice acting if they came up that way there's no solidarity with it slash like there's no prohibition against it either that's for them to figure out but like that's just kind of the reality of how things are right now i think the 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 uh, british the ones in like the overseas are also in solidarity but they're not striking as well like they like uh so i think they said that game of thrones production still going even though it's the american produce it's filmed by a british a uk audience a uk cast so there's some weird ones like that where it's like, oh, technically, and it's like you can get into that, but that's a whole other discussion of the, you know, if it's right or wrong for them not to, not or to strike. So it's it's really interesting in that matter. Yeah, that just stay informed. Um, please try to support. Uh, you know, like people make jokes like, oh, why are these people who make millions of dollars striking, and like, why would I donate to grocery funds and stuff for them? But like, frankly, while the median uh pay of like hollywood writers is relatively high what they're not telling you is that the people who are on the lower end of that make way less than anyone you fucking know believe me um and so like they're the people who like most need help from it and i've also heard a good argument that like hey just because a rich person's supporting something doesn't make it bad because like what i think people don't understand is that the point of unions is to stand for power of people who work rather than who own things whether or not they make money because technically money is not exactly as related to power as people tend to think. It reminds me of all the stories of, you know, they're seeing all these actors working at coffee shops or that one actor yeah. from the Cosby show that was working at, um, I forgot what store it was, but he got like shamed online for it. And it's like, it's because that those actors aren't, you know, A-list celebrities and the residuals are literally zero dollars and zero cents. Yeah. Sometimes. The, the actor from a uh, fucking, um, the, the dad from Lizzie McGuire, gets a check for zero dollars regularly because they don't give him fair residuals. So yeah, it's just it's just crazy that these and that's those are the people of why they're striking for is those mm-hmm. people and why, you know, they, they don't wanna like work at, you know, 
uh, you know, these coffee shops or, and there's nothing wrong with that, of course, but like they want to be able to act full time and live and make a living. But I mean, when you're getting zero dollars for a show you did, that's one of the most popular shows on earth. It's like, what can you do? It's like, okay, it's cool, but it's not feeding my family. And, and and just to finish this out, I want to clarify, I'm not like trying to shame anyone who's still like watching or participating in these things um, during this, but I, I just want people to be informed about something that's like going on right now and bleeds into one industry as a whole uh, across all industries, but also two entertainment specifically. And, um, you know, this show again, like not, not our show, sorry, Hunter Hunter, while, you know, voiced by non-union talent they are still they still gain from things garnered by like union talent in related entertainment industries so just keep that in mind and think about that when you like approach these things and understand why these people are doing this whether or not you agree and this might even be a greater callus for those voice actors to even get those rights for the union so that you know Bingo. they can they can get paid you know a wage that's not 42 was it like 150 dollars for a fucking movie like that's insane. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was Demon Slayer, right? Yeah, a multi-million dollar movie. These movies are, and they get paid like what, one hundred fifty dollars for their lines of work. That's ridiculous. That's insane. That's like that's um, like crazy, and that's not even residuals. That's like straight pay. Like even extras in movies get paid more than that. Yeah, that's, and these that's are mainline people. It's just insane. But um, yeah, well, we can talk more about that another time. But uh, before we before we go on, I just want to thank uh our patrons who put up with us but also who helped make this possible um i want to thank uh, i'm just gonna go through this myself and fast real quick tim mia hanaro arthur hey Prim, let me tongue punch your fart box valtteri mickey alexander lucas nb dweeb uh kenny <laughs> how many things do you support hey rem because i i wonder how many podcasts you have just saying that name I, I, the value, I definitely see you're getting a lot of value for the money and I'm not, I, I'm not suggesting you change it, but I just think you are, you're using Patreon correctly, I guess. My thing is, <laughs> I want to know who Rem is and if he had his fart box punched by a tongue. <laughs> yeah. He's a villain <laughs> in Kung Pao too. Uh, I'm just, and, I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm just curious is all. And now a word from our other compatriots and benefactors. <laughs> Everybody. My name's Tegan Somerset. I'm Rocky Hardy. And I'm Brian Cartwright. And we are Impossible Coin, a podcast about video games. Join us every other week as we discuss gaming news. Did you know he tried to smuggle $100,000 across the Canadian border? Genre differences. Sometimes it's your turn to press the button, and sometimes it's your turn to block. And deep lore. I have spent so long on this, Brian, you can't do this to me. We will sell you nothing and solve none of your problems, but we sure are fun. Impossible Coin. A podcast about video games. See you on Thursdays. Thursdays. <laughs> I'm Lawson Leong. I'm Benoit Jamosen. We're the new co-host of the Ballin' Out Super Podcast. And the old co-host of the Talking Naruto Podcast. Well, I wouldn't say that we're old exactly, Benel. We've been doing it for five years. Old enough. Uh, where have our lives gone? Watching Naruto films. All of them. And recapping them in full. And as we head to the end of Naruto Shippuden, we're starting the beginning of Dragon Ball. That's right, Benel. Now you and I are the hosts of the Ballin' Out Super Podcast, where we're recapping the best part of Dragon Ball. Original Dragon Ball. From the beginning. With special guests. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Talking Naruto Shippuden. 
And now, falling out. Super! Alrighty. Alright, so now we are moving on to episode 131, Anger and Light, or Ikari to Hika- Hikari. Is that right, right? Ikari to Hikari. There we go. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's an interesting title because it works so much better in Japanese than it does in English. My thing is, is Ikari means anger, right? Well, it, I think it technically means, I think it means rage, but like, you know, the distinctions between anger and rage are like whatever. But um, yeah, generally, yeah. And I think we've talked previously about whether this is the origin of Shinji's dad's name. I was gonna, I was gonna say they should have really, they should have really named uh, Shinji in the dub Shinji Rage or Shinji Anger. Technically, isn't it his mom's last name? And that Akari like his... is, yeah, Akari is like a. Yeah, but I'm saying, didn't his dad change his own last name in the Ultimate Wife Guy move? Like, didn't he have a different name originally? You know, I don't know. Uh, you, okay, you you discuss the vital stats for this episode. And I'm gonna look this up. All right, we got we got the Evangelion stats coming up soon. All right, so originally released on released in Japan on May twenty eighth, twenty fourteen, and the equivalent manga chapters are three hundred five through three hundred seven, which were released in Japan on April nineteenth, twenty ten. Oh, okay, yeah. His original name was Gendo Rokubungi. Well, I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't uh, give that to Shinji. I don't want to have Shinji Rokubuki the entire time. Yeah, I I have not looked up what Rokubungi is. I mean, the first part of it's a number, but I don't know what Bungi is. But yeah, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a famous board game from in universe fake Korea. But yeah, anyways, uh, so fuck you, Gendo. Yeah, all right. Anyways, uh, this description again taken from the Hunter Hunter wiki. Uh, Neferpito declares it must kill Gon freaks at the ki- uh, for the king's sake. Enraged after Kite's death, a dark aura envelops Gon, outclassing the ant's strength completely. When Kyuo arrives at the scene, he discovers his transformed friend standing next to Neferpito's corpse, which begins to move out of their devotion to the king. So yeah, this was uh, probably one of my favorite, at least in the arc. I just loved mm-hmm. how crazy this got with Gon. It's like turning into friggin', you know, the ultimate warrior. Brother. <laughs> wow, I, I wasn't sure if you were referencing the WWE guy, but yeah. But before that, um, you know, so poof, like there's a little bit of buildup because they kind of cut away from the, the main attraction for a second. And Poof reveals himself uh, to Kilo and Palm. And uh, he tells about his trick and tells the other he could stop Pito if they give him Kumugi. And, uh, you know, Kilo barely listens and he like attacks at lightning speed. Yeah, he's like, fuck you and just kicks him in the face. Yeah, gives uh gives Komugi to Palm and uh Kiwa uses Godspeed to follow Poof. Yeah, it's like I gotta wait, is it follow is it following him? I thought he was going towards oh no. He he starts out following Poof and then changes direction later. Okay. Okay, that works. Yeah, that's why I was confused. Yeah, so now back to the main attraction. Uh, you know, Pito apologizes and says they have to kill Gon. Uh the chorus comes up. And uh, the, the beginning of this transformation is just simply some candles flicker. But uh, Gon calls Pito a liar as a bright red light begins to in, like engage, emerge in the darkness and Gon begins to smoke red. Like first he has like red smoke coming off of him, similar to like 
Rock Lee's like blood chakra, but like I, I don't think it's a reference. I just think you know it's an ominous color to like come out of someone, especially in like a smoke aura. Because to this point, they've kind of displayed Nen more as like steam, which mm-hmm. you know a water versus fire opposition is interesting because generally you associate water with vitality and fire with like something that consumes the person it's coming from. Smoke on the water. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the wind blows into uh, and past. Uh, the wind blows past Pito and into Gon. Like basically, instead of like an emanation, which has always been the way they've shown Aura, like he is having stuff pulled into him, which is interesting. You know, as just kind of like a way to show this is perverse in many ways. One, the association with fire and smoke. Two, the use of red. Three, like things being pulled in rather than emitted after a while. And the the coiling smoke begins to turn into something that looks like stretching hair or something like that. Very, very long hair. Well, no, at first it's just, it's literally smoke that just looks and gives the appearance of what will eventually happen. Yeah, and I don't think his, his full form is like just smoke at that point, right? It's not even showing any, any like figure of the, of him, right? Uh, yeah, I think at this point it's kind of indistinct. Um, and... Gon says a line that years ago uh, I quoted on this podcast, actually. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't care what happens to me now. But I didn't quote Gon saying this. I quoted Yusuke saying this. Oh, oh dang. <laughs> because Yusuke says literally this same line, but there it's seen as a good thing, and here it is seen as the darkest thing possible. It makes me wonder if that was intended for both of the series to say that. Uh, I don't think he had it planned when he had Yusuke saying it, but I do think he had it planned when he had Gon saying it. Yeah, I think that's more... Yeah, it's it's interesting, though, how it, it parallels almost the demon form transformation as, with Yusuke, minus more violent, not-prepared sort of thing, you know? Yeah, so yes and no, because, like, the demon form is interesting because there's the idea of, like, the interference of another person, while in Gon's case, it's all him, baby. So it's more like... Gon's fight with Toguro where he was able to break into his own emotions and like feel his sorrow and feel the way that he wanted to get revenge to make a better world for like the people around him but similar to Sensui's analogy to the Super Saiyan transformation this is the dark version of the Super Saiyan origin of like loss crippling you and making you into something darker similar to Toguro and similar to Sensui to some degree mm-hmm. like Togashi really loves coloring the idea of the Super Saiyan transformation and what it means. Sorry, Sarah, it sounded like you were about to say something. Oh, I just thought the parallels are interesting because with Yusuke's transformation to his demon form, it was adding to his like self-identity, something that he hadn't known and hadn't quite figured out, and that's what the last uh, um, season is for. But I feel like with Gon, it, this is a marking something that he's losing. Like, yes, he's gaining, like, a new form in a way, but it's it feels like a loss of self. That's a good call, actually. Um, because, like, even though I did mention that, like, hey, there's a, a, a third person interfering in the fight in Ryzen, in a certain way, you're right. Yusuke is awakening to a greater understanding of who he is in totality of, like, hey, I'm, like, part this other thing. And, like, obviously, demons and, like, different ethnic groups are not analogous, but to find out, like, oh, I come partially from this other place and there's something I have to understand about this. While you're right, Gon becomes less distinct 
both in his own will, but also in like his literal physical being like Mm -hmm. he's shown blurry. He's shown like in this tortured art style. That's like sort of halfway between brush strokes and like scratching and clawing at like a piece of metal. Right. Like he's almost a shadow of himself that at least like for the moments that it should, when it was showing like the midway transformation, which I thought it was a really cool way to depict that um, state of both his emotions of also both of his physicality as well just showing like how both are tied in um together yeah no i i really like it and i kind of wish that it had been what he looked like during this entire thing up until the end of it when kiloa has to see his face that would have been cool I wonder if it would be like, oh, it might be too much to animate. <laughs> it's probably not only so much to animate, but even to draw is probably yeah. a nightmare. Because he's like, okay, I got to emulate brush strokes using a pen. Here I'm I go. Good. <laughs> um, but Gon says the phrase, I need all the power I'll ever have. Um, and I, I'm not going to explain why I'm highlighting that right now, but I'll come back to it later. Just because I think there's some misunderstandings about this scene. Uh, regarding the logistics of it that we can talk about later. Yeah, but when he says that, he actually means all the power he'll ever have in his entire life. Yes, like And exactly. his pinnacle peak that he wants right now. And not, I mean, not just in his pinnacle peak. He wants, I, I think, yeah. so this is the misunderstanding, actually. People assume that what he means is, I want to be as strong as I ever would have been in a normal world. What he's actually saying is, I not only want to be as strong as I would have been in a normal world, I want all the power from all the times before and after it. I see. So he just wants all that power combined into one, like a giant yeah, bomb. Yeah, he wants all the years of his entire life in one in one place. So he his adult form, people are like, oh, that's how strong Gon could have become? No, Gon would never have become this strong in real life. This is his entire life condensed into one moment. Yeah, so while while this, I mean, he could probably get to, I mean, similar form to that. It's not going to be to that power level of a bingo. Of, yeah, yeah. He probably would have had a significant fraction of it. Yeah, but but still, yeah, it's still, it's not he was going to get to the chairman levels of power, power crazy unless he did like literally the craziest stuff to get to that level. Yeah, I I mean I don't. This is obviously speculation, but I think there's good reason to believe that Gon would have never have been as powerful as Netero, because I think Netero is supposed to be the most powerful a human could possibly be in just sheer force. Yeah, Gon would have to give up as much of, a time, of his life to him, and I don't think Gon wants to do that. Yeah, I mean, Netero was <laughs> a single-focused, like, quasi-religious maniac. To be, fair, to be fair, though, I think he started his training to that peak later in his life when he was, like, in his... His 40s almost, so it's a good chance that Gon could... I mean, he still has a chance to do it, but... Yeah, I mean, this is speculation on my part, but I always kind of assumed him having done it at that late in life was also supposed to be this indicator of how much of a genius and devoted he was that he was able to do it even later in life. No, that makes sense. But yeah, and Gon just gets uh, really ripped. He just becomes, you know, as strong as he ever ever can, ever will be, and what he can achieve, and just, you know, is like... Come on, let's go, Pito. Time to fight. This is where Pito activates uh, Terpsichora uh, on themselves. They they go from you know using it to control other people to using it to control themselves. Um, my my understanding of this is basically it's not spelled out, but I believe that this is like they're able to make their body go even beyond their own incredible limits by being controlled externally. Similar to, do you remember how uh, Shalnark did this during his fight? 
mm-hmm. um, with the manipulator bug that uh, like basically had that big robot uh, and like you know got it around him, so mm-hmm. he controlled himself and made himself many times stronger. I think that's what uh, Pito is doing. I always thought it was the it was a I mean it's a kind of a spoiler but a fail safe backup sort of thing because I think I, I think as both. soon as Pito I think as soon as Pito saw the form they knew they were going to be dead. There's no way. Like the only thing was like just trying to weaken him or stop him from getting to the king, really. Yeah, I think it's both. It's effectively just like I'm gonna get in this uh what what the fuck I'm gonna get in this power loader from Alien, but mm-hmm. also the power loader can keep going after I die. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting how Pito prepared for the fight, and it's kind of funny. To see, I I think my favorite thing is uh how Gon baited them baited them out to you know to fight where it's like he thinks that they're going after the king it's like oh no not really yeah and so at this point going goes from like hey maybe there's some like similarities with the idea of super saiyan to now they have a golden aura like it's more like a dio color aura than like a goku color aura but it is still a golden aura which is the code togashi has used well i guess you could say the animators because i don't know if they ever showed sensui's aura in manga covers i'd have to look that up but, uh, you know, it's kind of coded um, Super Saiyan and anti-Super Saiyan here. Yeah, so I, I just think it's, yeah, like I said, it's, it's just very, it's a really cool aura, though. I really appreciate that. I love the way he looks. He's like, you know, it's like you know that he's about to destroy everything on the world, pretty much. At least having the ability to. Yeah. Um, so Gon then invites Pito to come with him so as to not, quote-unquote, destroy the hideout. Uh, and and thinking about that, that kind of reminds me of, you know, Netero and Meroem. Like, oh, yeah, let's go over here. Uh, you know, like, I don't want to get everyone hurt. I mean, you could also say this is any number of old anime and shit. Like, even in Dragon Ball Z. Did like, you guys, yeah. when Kaza was around, did you guys ever listen to that wave file that was, like, a quote-unquote summary of every Dragon Ball Z episode? And they have a line where they're just like, yeah, let's go over to this incredibly desolate wasteland nowhere near town that's actually just four miles away. Oh no, that that actually was a that actually was a part of an animation that Eagle Raptor did. I didn't know that, but like yeah. I'm talking about like from like 2004 or something. Yeah, that's the one that Eagle Raptor did in 04. That's awesome. It was one of the first things they ever did. It, it basically and that's the one's like, "Well, oh, I'm all popping you, but I want to all these Super Saiyans. I want to be Super Saiyan." Blah, 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 blah. That actually I mean, that actually is a was video. The same thing, yeah. Yeah, I'll see if I can find the video, but yeah, Eagle Raptor did that. That was like one of his first videos on Newgrounds. I do remember seeing that, but I, thought, I always think it was really funny. Yeah, but uh, you know, so that's that's the plan right now. Yeah, but yeah, it's and it's oh here it is. Yeah, I found it. Uh but yeah, it's uh it, it is kind of funny and it's like it just makes me think that Gone or it goes to show that Gone's not like complete psycho mode, like just wants to as a single focused. He actually is thinking beyond, you know, oh hey, I just have a single focus of killing Pito Pito. I mean, in a way it is, but it's like it's not like a, the the thing like he can't see anything beyond that. He has like a rational way of thinking, you know, but this is just, you know, his weird way of doing it. And speaking of thinking and rationality right now, Pito is only concerned with stopping Gon from going towards the king because they're of the belief that like, you know, Gon, I, I don't think Gon could actually kill Meruem, but I do think that Pito would think that like, hey, any damage to Meruem that is this significant would be something I need to stop with my life. Right. Like I'm not saying Marilyn would have an easy time. He'd be more like, "Oh shit, a human did this," and then and then still kill them. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's just within the royal guards, um, like a neat being that no matter what harm may come to the king, it's their duty to protect them. So it's like what's probably um, like Pitos using Tepsakora um, to to try and kill Gon. What is probably what is persuading like a Shia Poof to do what his his messed up version of protecting the king of trying to get rid of Kamugi because he's seeing Kamugi as like a threat against the king's purpose mm-hmm. and then also uh Yopi's journey too so yeah, I think whatever threat comes the king's way the royal guards are doing whatever they can to stop it Absolutely. Um, I was just going to say, I, I think if Gon had got into Meruem and, you know, even if Meruem had eventually pretty easily killed him, I think the reaction on his part would have been something like, you know, that meme that's just like, if I had a nickel for every time this happened, <laughs> like for every time like a human was strong enough and produced enough Nen to like make me vaguely hurt, I would have two nickels, which, <laughs> you know, not many, but uh, it's weird. It happened twice. I literally, I literally had made this. My friend made the same joke yesterday because, um, because I, I was talking about like one of my friend, one of a friend of mine that no longer is that uh, it's somebody else. So basically, uh, somebody basically uh got angry, went went out of my car and just slammed the door in a drive through, and that's actually the second time that's happened to me, where somebody got angry in my car, opened the door and slammed it, and I, and we were joking. It's like, yeah, if I had nickels, that happened, happened. I have two nickels. It's weird that that happened twice. Uh, first time in a Carl's Jr., second time in a Burger King drive-thru. So weird, but sorry, I just wanted to make that tangent. Yeah, Carl's Jr. and a Carl's Sr. Anyways. Exactly. Uh, so uh, from here, uh, you know, Pito dives for Gon, and Gon not only dodges easily, but dodges it within, like, a hair's breadth. And, like, in martial arts movies and, and like, martial arts and period anime, this is always seen as, like, the supreme... Like, if you can do this, you vastly exceeded the other person to be able to just, like, dodge by, like, a hair because, like, you're not wasting any energy. And so it's just like, oh, Pito's number is fucking up. Yeah, it's like, ooh, you're dead, Pito. Aren't you a cat? You have lightning reflexes, and you're dead. You're dead. But, yeah. Yeah, you're you're being outsped, like, tremendously. This is not going to end well for you. Yeah, my thing is, I remember that my... so this is probably going to be like in the whole oh who who can be Goku sort of question, but this is kind of a serious. Do you think that if Gon could fight the king in that form, he would have lasted a chance, or is he still even at that form still below the power of uh of uh the chairman Netero? Uh, I think he's still below Netero. Um, I and and to clarify regarding Meruem, I I think I. I think one, if he had fought Meruem at the point that he like fought the that the king fought Meruem, I uh, know that um, Netero fought Meruem, like Meruem would win. But uh, wait, Sarah, ha- have you watched further yet or not? Are you still? No, I okay. Then I'm exactly gonna shut my fucking mouth. I'm just gonna shut my mouth. Just know okay. there's a second part to what I was saying. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyways. Um. Gon then, you know, after dodging out of the way, just kicks Pito so fucking hard they go into the sky and they're up there for a pretty long time while Gon, you know, decides to crouch down and uh, prepare the uh, prepare a Jonken invested with a tremendous power that looks like a collapsing star, basically, just like going into his fist. 
Yeah, it's like it's like you see it's like it's like that pause like in that moment Pito knew he they fucked up. <laughs> so Pito's already pretty crippled body falls helplessly into maybe the strongest attack shown to this point. Um and I say that I you know I've been saying that Netero is stronger. I don't think the zero hand was probably as strong as this punch. I think Netero probably just makes up for strength in volume and tactics. Yeah, that actually is a, that actually is interesting like the I never thought about that where Netero is while it's strong it's like it's like while it's not as strong as probably the massive punch that Gon could do it's like a, it's like like it's like 1075% or 50% levels of that which is like inherently even worse cuz it's like wow it's only half of that it's a thousand of them so it's yeah, like Yeah he's hitting you so many times that even if they're not as strong as that one punch is like dude you're getting hit like 500 times Yeah it's like ooh you dead but yeah, that punch is massive, and it's... Man, I love the scene a lot. Yeah, so as Pito flies through the fucking air, uh, Pito is relieved to be the target of Gon's entire compressed life, which we'll talk more about the cost of this later, but uh, yeah, I if you're a bodyguard and like you strongly... Not, not like a paid bodyguard, like if you are like a royal bodyguard and you're true believer in your king as like a god like this is the ultimate way for you to go out basically like sacrificing yourself so that the king might live yeah it's like well i guess i'm dead but you know at least the king's not gonna be dead yeah i think i think pito's note here is even more interesting because pito then goes on to say this boy uh, this boy was born with an incredible gift but even so he didn't hesitate to throw it away the idea that not only is gone doing something insane by compressing his future life he was incredibly gifted even amongst people who could possibly have done this. I mean, it is pretty insane. You don't really see anybody talk or like, you know, do this in Hunter where it's like, okay, this is my last gambit. I need to do this now and sacrifice and like make a contract. All of my Nen and this one second to fight, to, to kill early, all the Nen I could ever use in my life to kill this person. So you definitely see things similar like this in other stuff. Like for instance, um, does anyone here ever is anyone here ever going to read the Wizard of Earthsea series? Oh no, no I meant sorry, I meant in this in this show. Sorry, not. Oh yeah, in, oh yeah. I mean, of course, there's anime like I meant just like in the sh- show specifically with Nen and the Nen power level. Oh, I don't yeah. think there's anybody that's ever done something to this extent. I mean, yeah, people have definitely done things where they're like, I don't mind if I die, but Gons is mm-hmm. like a very like you would think that giving away your life would be the highest cost but really it's not actually like for gone it is hey i will survive but i will be completely deprived of all my potential and who i am and that is so much more in this world where gone's gift and his ability is his like highest pride and value right like gone was always willing to throw his life it doesn't matter as much as him throwing away his gift yeah, it's it's like yeah, it's it's like yeah, I'm willing to die, but I'm giving away. If I survive, I can never use this this ability again, ever again. Period. And I do think that's interesting because like it reflects how so much of the hunter hunter conception of vows has to do with how you feel about it. It's not like a empirical like, hey, your life is technically worth more. It's like no, it is like what is worth more to go on himself that matters. It's very like um, in Berserk in the early chapters, like many of the uh, apostles become apostles by sacrificing the thing they care most about in the world, like a family member or in Griffith's case, his entire like, you know, his entire army. And so uh, Gon is falling in that 
part of the footsteps of Griffith, not the other parts. Um, and like giving up the thing he cares about most in the world, which is he cares about again, much more than his own life. Yeah. And it's, and it's just sad to see, but it's also awesome at the same time. You know, it's like, it's really bittersweet. If you think about it, it is sad that this is happening, but you know, what's happening because it's cool as shit, you know? I'd agree. So I didn't know a better way to phrase that. So. No worries. I was, I was just thought it was funny. Yeah. But it just, yeah. And I, I just love this fight. And I, th- I think the, the crazy thing is that, I mean, we could probably talk about that. Keela was now, seeing this the flashes of this you know keep going off right yeah um, at this point we don't know what it is we just see the flashes and then interesting because i didn't get it in the manga and the anime made this way more clear to me what was happening but we'll we'll talk more about that later but pito right now is in pieces at the floor of a tree that's very similar in appearance to the one where kite died kind of it's it's not the same tree they're in a different country but it just looks very similar it's a callback (laughs) well i mean in one of them they were they were deprived of a head and the other they're deprived of a body (laughs) i mean if you think about isn't it the same thing a net loss or net gain so yes sort of because in pito's case the head disappears uh uh, yeah i guess so i guess that while in kite's case the body still exists it's just no longer attached So what you're saying is no head? Yeah. <laughs> okay, but yeah. I'm, I was going to say, what was the Aqua Teen episode where someone says, we're going to cut your entire body off? What is that? <laughs> I think it's Ignignat and Ur who say that at some point. It's like, okay. <laughs> anyway, that's what happened to Kite. He had his entire body cut off. Forcefully with a fist. Yeah, but Sarah, what were you about to say? Oh no, I wasn't about to say anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, you mentioned that um, you know, Kilo is seeing something in the distance and isn't sure what it is. Is it a flashlight? It's like, what the hell is that? Yep. And then you uh, know, the narrator cuts in and says, "And that is when he saw." And it's I slowly open the door and no. Uh, anyways, uh, basically you see just gone. You know. Pow! You're not seeing. I, I. You can't see me through the computer. You can't just, see him channeling Nen. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm channeling it. Like my fists are glowing. Like, right? Can you believe this, Sarah? Like, are my fists are glowing, right? Yeah. In his left hand, he's holding a wine glass that is overflowing. Exactly. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like drop it down right now. And it's, it's it's like what is a man? Miserable pile of secrets. Also, watch watch the new Castlevania Nocturne series if it's out yet. Go watch it now. Pause this podcast and watch it. Uh, anyways, um, we'll talk about that later. But anyways, uh, yeah, he's punching and punching him. And you see Gon just, like, turn around, like, after punching him. You see his eyes welted with water. And I don't know if maybe this is – this might be my 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 the way my head thinks. But I imagine that because you saw a bunch of different Gons, like, when they're arguing. Like, oh, I hate it. It's my fault. It's like, it's not my fault that you, like, see a crying face one. And to my interpretation, it seems like that. You think the anger one took over, but it's actually the sad one that took over at that point. To absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. that and that you think is like, oh, it's the angry one, but it's like, no, it's the sad emotional one. He really did have all his faculties. It wasn't a pure anger thing. It was a pure, and it showed when he like was like, you know, let's leave the castle and blow it up. He had rationale. There was rational there. There was like thought going through his head. It wasn't a pure anger response. And I mean, you can even see that in his move, where it's like he did the dodge and like timed the punches and kicks. 
and yeah, he's punching him in the face, but he's making sure he's dead. Like you think it's like him. I mean, it might've been part of it being angry, but it seems like it's, it's, it's not all like on a whim. It's all premeditated. Like it's, it's all with a purpose. There's no, like, you know, there's no movement of guns that was wasted. There is and there. This is relatively morbid, but there is and there isn't. There's a more efficient way to disable the body, and it would be grappling. Uh, grappling is always more efficient per unit of force on an immobile opponent. That being said, yeah, Cohen's not in a place to think about that right now. Well, I mean, I didn't. I mean, I didn't realize that uh, Gon's dad was Yujiro. So, yeah, going the going the grappler. Yeah, honestly, watch watch. I'm starting to watch Baki. Oh my god, I love Baki. Please go watch Baki if you haven't. Um, Sorry, Side but note. so oh yeah, no worries. Uh, Gon says kite, and then says he made sure to finish uh, Pito off just like he taught him. And um, when when I saw this, it wasn't clear to me that he was talking about kite. That was made more clear to me in the manga. Like, did you guys take it as kite, or did you take it as Kula? Because Kula also shows up and is on screen during that discussion. I took it honestly from both versions of it. I thought it was it, he meant Kula. I know it's going more in the manga notes because we put that there, but... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, actually, to be clear, I think the correct thing is that it is Kila, but in the anime, they have him say kite right before saying the line, which I think the reason for the discrepancy is, do you remember that fucking weird anime-only part when they first meet uh, when they first meet Kite, where he shoots the machine gun at them and then tells them all about ants, and then is like, you gotta decapitate them. Oh, I see. It's, you so I it's think this is a reference to that scene that is anime only, while in the manga he's explicitly saying, like, yeah, I killed them the way you taught me, Kilua. Uh, and I so it's a very different sense. scene. Oh, I see what you're going. I, I didn't understand it at first, but now that you gave me that context, oh, that's hard. I think I think everything, if the, the meaning is there, the same motion and action, but they did the one word thing that made it seem like, you know, it was a kite related thing. So I'm going to have to incline to agree with you on that, that I do think in the anime, they made it like they, they, I know they, they, they made it specifically. It was kite and it makes sense because it, I honestly, I kind of like it better in the anime. I know it's kind of silly, but I think it was a change I agree with because it's more meaningful and it's more resonant. If you remember the first introduction of it, I, We'll talk more about this later, but I feel the opposite for reasons I'll elaborate on later. Yeah, but it, it's, it, it's it's just opinion at that point, really. But I really think, but I, yeah, I do think I like that a little bit more. What do you think, Sarah? Where where do you lay on this uh, debate? I could see both. Are you Team Patrick I, or Team Joe? Wow. I think or, or you in you a logical sense, it makes it the way that the anime is building it. It makes more sense to refer to Kite just because the anime has been purposely making narrative choices to um, create importance of Kite in Gon's life, that would make sense to the watcher. Like, if, if it was anything with the... If it, if it didn't have those extra scenes and those references, uh, people would understand, like, would it, I feel like if you didn't have the context of the manga you wouldn't really see why Kite holds so much importance in Gon's life without those um, callbacks and references. But I think 
this is also a very pivotal moment for Kilua in Golan's relationship. So I would prefer it had been Kilua just because even just Kilua being having to witness Gon go through this very tragic transformation. Um, and it just really hits home um, the tragedy of all if something that Kilua had taught gone in order to protect himself is now the one thing that's destroying um his core self like physically he's probably he's stopping himself from dying but his soul is about to die instead you know what i mean yeah i think you highlight a, a, a good point in that like this construction makes sense in the anime simply because it's part of the catch-up they have to do to indicate how important you know kite is but I think in the context of the manga, I think it's much better as it being Kila rather than Kite. But in the anime, I think it's only somewhat better that it is uh, Kila rather than Kite. And my my reasoning is that it plays into a lot of Kila's own pathos and own guilt of the idea of like, I'm corrupting Gon, who is this, you know, ray of sunshine, who he literally called Gon, you are light. And the idea that he's made him into this like eclipse, basically. And like, he it plays into Kilo's immense sense of guilt that he has done this to him, even though like that is frankly gone gaslighting him. Yeah. It's been in gone the entire time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's kind of crazy that he gaslit him to an entire arc without spoiling anything. Yeah, no, the next arc is the, <laughs> the how to resolve a gas, a, a gas leak. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. I never thought of it to that well, I mean, I thought of that. I guess that makes sense. But I never... What's the word that you, you know it in your head, but like you, somebody says it, and it's like you... I guess you understand it more, I guess? Like you had a, like a gut feeling about it, or you had a an inkling? Like the idea that it made it race. real or something? I, I guess, or... like, because like, cause I remember watching it. I remember watching all these scenes, and I didn't really think much about it. But now that I'm re- retrospectively look at it, I can see it. But I kind of... Like I got the gist of like mm-hmm. what the it's trying to portray, if that makes sense. Where it's like I didn't think heavy. Oh, the the like the thing with kite saying that I didn't think that much about it, or the gone saying that about kite. You know, you know I am. You know, you made me this or kill or the 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 aspect of Killua. You know, seeing this and realizing this is the reason why we have the next arc. Really. Yeah, it makes the next arc feel a lot more motivated in a way I didn't think about the first time I read it. But like, let's not talk about what that is until later. <laughs> but what I was going to say is on watching the anime for the first time, you know, after having read the manga, when I got to the part where they revealed Kite, I was like, oh, interesting, weird way to do this. And then they're like, oh, you got to destroy the head of the ant, huh? Wonder where that comes in, in use later. It's it, Joe, it, well, their heads are powerless. Yeah, goddamn it. <laughs> uh, no. Also, when you mentioned the idea of recognizing something that you already felt, the first thing the first thing I thought was like, "Oh, stars above, huh?" <laughs> I I, just, I thought you were gonna reference a uh, the scary movie thing where it's, it's like, "What do you really think if you're dead if you're not in the bed, but if you're in the bed but you're dead?" Or like the the one from Scream Movie Four, that whole discussion. Yeah, what, <laughs> when I was talking about cutting your whole body off, I was thinking like, "Damn, you just made a fact." Yeah, of, like, <laughs> damn, that shit's legit right there. <laughs> Sorry, God. Patrick and I need to go to hell now. But anyways, no, we, we yeah, we need to go to hell and watch Scary Movie three. Always, always. You know, I'm surprised we have not done that yet. To be honest, 
next next April Fools. Let's do it. But anyways, Kula at this point asks if Gon is gone, and Gon turns back to see him, and like you know, you see him crying. And Gon asks himself, "Is he good enough? Go enough? God damn it! That's gonna be the thumbnail, by the way. It's go enough." So Kilua immediately thinks of like immediate uh, in the narration they say that Kilua on seeing Gon immediately thought of Bisky, but notices that this is different and like that clearly this is a transformation into something else. While in Bisky's case, it's a revelation of her true self. Yeah, it's it's just like the condensing of the power. It's like this is a power coming from nowhere that goes into a giant form to just massively kill something. Like this, it's it's like it's like training versus a pact where yeah maybe Gon could have got this level but the fact that he made this pact where it's like okay all the power at once it's like th- that's it like and like this is his his hail mary of killing the absolute hell out, out of out of Pito uh, Pito and honestly my confusion is was this power only meant just to kill Pito or was it meant to actually kill the king. I bet it was just meant to kill Pito. I don't think he gives a shit about that. Like, I think he would have cared about the king after getting revenge, but I don't think that he's thinking beyond, like, this. Yeah, that makes sense. It it sounds like a a, a gone thing to do where it's like, oh, yeah, I made the pact just to kill Pito. I probably should have done that to kill Pito and and the ants, and and then I get the repercussions of it. He wouldn't get as strong if he made it, if he made it so that there was more things he could do with it, though. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I I, I didn't think. I I never. Th- I don't know. I I don't think like three two additional guys is really that much of an ask for all the in your life. I think. I don't know. May, maybe I don't know. I, I'm not I'm talking not. about it in terms of just like literally dividing it by the number of people, but more like just the specific focus you need to want to kill one person is so much stronger. Okay. Oh, you know, I see what you mean. Where it's like, yeah, you'd want you'd want all that focus. It's like. This is like it's like this is how I want the maximum power I can ever get is if I focus to kill this one person and that alone. Where if you do that, it'll diminish the the wishes power, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm not saying you couldn't make a pact that would make you stronger for something else, like, but you'd have to focus on like an overarching goal that like you can unify behind, like protecting one person or something like that. But that that's a topic for another time. Yeah, no, it's 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 very interesting. I just I just thought that I just thought about that watching the episode last night. I was like, oh, maybe uh, you know, maybe this could it could have been that, but I I don't know. I never thought I didn't think of it too much. If you want to get deeper into rules lawyering, you should read JJK <laughs> or play or play Warhammer Forty K. You'll get used to all the rule lawyers. Fair, uh, but so you know, Kilo asked Gohan what price he had to pay for this. But as that happens. And like while Gon is distracted with Kiloa, basically Terpsichora rises up from uh, beyond the from, graves to attack the living. I was gonna say Terpsichora rises up from Pito's dead body and strikes one last time at Gon, severing his arm, uh, like like kite kind of. I think it's the opposite arm though, so uh, I think it's the opposite arm. I, I don't, I'm not sure on that. But basically, in this like white and red composition, like so, it's black and white and red. So you have going in black and white with just the blood streaming out and the post-mortem Nen of Terpsichora like is now many times stronger than when uh you know Pito was alive and that's how it was able to actually catch going that combined with you know being distracted by Kula another reason Kula might feel guilty frankly yeah yeah my, my thing is I think Kula even I think he probably would have prevented even worse damage by not interfering with that maybe 
Like there's a chance that, it could, uh, uh, but actually, honestly, maybe gone new because it seemed like I guess like, I don't know why I'm saying spoilers. We're talking about right now the fact that it's inner monologue was like it's all right, it's worth the trade pretty much. So I think he he knew. Yeah. So you know, Pito's dead body falls over limp, uh, and as that happens, Kula swears he hears you know Gon say it's okay, I'm fine, it doesn't hurt, and I'm not bluffing. Finally, I can learn. Uh, finally, I can be just like Kite was in the end. Which, you know, I'm going to die is basically what's happening. But uh, the reason Kula can hear this is because the thing we talked about extensively a while back. The heart drips and the fist hears. That fucking four character kanji poem that, uh, you know, they had the whole insert of uh, Grandpa Zeno talking about on camera that one time. It's back, baby. It's the theme. Let's fucking go. But do you know who has drip in the scene, though? Killua. He always has drip. He's always dripping. Nothing and but we drip. we all listen. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's very, very sad and a very bittersweet ending to an, other, to an amazing episode. Well, it's, it's not over yet. There's a little bit more. There is? Oh. Yeah. So Gon then punches the body and then... <laughs> uses the arm in an unexpected way. He takes his severed arm and stabs Pito through the ground <laughs> like a butterfly into the ground to pin Pito there so that he can do Jonkin on him like with his other arm. Oh, yeah, and his stump. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Kila, under the impression that each attack is causing the incurrence of a tremendous debt of Nen, Gon or debt of something beyond Nen, Gon looks back during the explosion that consumes both of them during the final attack. And he looks like he's about to cry as the flash of light consumes everything and the episode ends. Damn. Yeah. Very. I, wasn't there another anime where somebody uses a, Oh, I'm such an idiot. Jojo using an arm as a weapon. Wait, what happens in that? I'm trying to remember. Uh, remember the fight with cars on the, on the asteroid where, Oh yeah. Yeah. With Joseph's arm. Hand, and, but yeah. yeah, no, I feel yeah. you. And this is a lot more purposeful instead of just lucking into the best bluff of all time. Yeah. Like I said, there's a whole debate on that, but it's like, that's another topic for another season. Yo, I'm strongly of the mind that it was, it was luck. Mm, like and I said, pluck. pluck. I think it's just pluck. No, I just, <laughs> honestly, I think it, it has to be, it's some sort of thing with Joseph. I don't know what it is, but like I said, we'll discuss it for another future episode, but I think yeah. it's beyond luck or, or pluck. It's fuck. I mean, Joseph does fuck. Anyways, uh, I mean, ask Susie yeah. Q and uh, and uh, what's the name? Uh, Josuke's mother about so. that. Tomoko. Tomoko. Anyways, uh, yeah, tell us about the manga before we just, you know, summarize. Jojo. I um. So uh, we talked about the. Well, I think we already covered this. The the mention of kites. The you t make sure I made sure to finish him how you taught me. I think we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I just Basically, had it in here, but then like it was just such a ripe point for the discussion. I'm like, let's just fucking talk. Fair. Um, I like the fact that his hair is extending beyond man manga panels. That is I think pretty that, funny. I think I think it's just really funny to me. Um, You've seen cosplays of this before, right? Oh yeah, no, I've seen people like in full Comic Con things with that. It's like crazy. <laughs> yeah, people do inflatable tube man, but he has no arms on top of their head. <laughs> so dumb. And they just color it black. Um, I like this. The, the the panels. I need all the power. I don't care what happens to me now. Did you put these oh. in? I put that one in. Yeah, that one looks like just straight up a painting. This looks, looks cool. very it, beautiful. 
It reminds me, have you, you guys seen Across the Spider-Verse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. It looks Spoilers like the, a lot of the animation style that the spot was in. Oh, yeah. Especially as he was um, gaining more power. I feel it. That also is really good. We, we we have to catch up on, we have like three big movies that hit. So we have to catch up on all those. Oh, yeah, during our hiatus, yeah. Yeah, Spider-Verse is really good. A lot of them dealing with alternative universes, coincidentally enough. I feel like that's the common theme these days amongst movies. It's almost like people are worried about the idea of, like, what's a better world than the one we live in right now? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Speaking of alternate universe, I did see Flash, and it fucking sucked. So just want to throw that out there. I kind of wanted to see it. Like, there's a part of me that wants to enjoy DC's shit because, like, I like DC, but, like, I also recognize it's dumb. Let's we'll skip that for now. <laughs> PS3 panel. PS3 looking ass flash. Anyways, uh so yeah, all the power of need. I love the the painting look of it and I think you had another panel. Oh no, that was uh, me that. This that one's that you. One. So uh basically uh I like that the thing you know as conscious uh Pito felt as conscious though Pito felt relief and I just like I just thought it was funny you know as he flew across the forest Pito eventually stopped thinking. Uh another JoJo part 2 reference. I didn't intend that to happen but there this kind of reminds me of, um, God, uh, Tears for Fears song, Memories Fade. Like, the first panel is just like, Memories Fade and the cult. Like, you could totally just imagine an AMV of this. Yeah, I mean, you can also say that Pito's definitely head over heels right now. Nice. <laughs> As in his heels are in a above. literal sense. Quite literally. Uh, listen to Tears for Fears' new album. Uh, I'm just joking. Uh, anyways, uh, next panel, it's this cool gone thing with the things standing up body standing up i think this one's yours oh terpsichora oh yeah yeah. so pito's body is like basically looks reanimated but like is clearly dead because the head just does not exist anymore but terpsichora is behind it as this fucking nightmare it's very it's very like uh yoshikage kira's like you know his stands and like the way they appear and just like how nightmarish they are yeah, like right behind Gon, who's drawn much less sketchily. Like Gon is drawn, like in this realistic way, but like because he's wearing children's clothes in the body of a grown adult, something has clearly gone terribly wrong. Yeah, and it's just and it, I like I like the idea of the 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 art of the uh, Tepsichore, where it's like very menacing in in that aspect. Oh yeah, all I can like when I see this image, I hear like incredibly disturbing sound effects of people just like basically rubbing like something terrible across violin strings and then distorting it. Yeah. Very, very nice. And you see Killua's eyes like, holy shit. Uh, the next panel, uh, I love this drawing of gone punching, punching, uh, punching Pito, just like the realistic art style, the whole, like com- it looks like a comic book almost. It also uh, kind of looks like a woodblock print. Yeah. Kind of does I actually. I love the contrast between Gon and um, Kilua. Because Kilua is in such a simplistic art style compared to the hyperrealism of Gon. I think it really does hit um, the emotions that, are co- that uh, Takashi wanted to come across. Absolutely. Yeah. I also think the impacts around Pito's now dead body mm-hmm. make the ground look like viscera, even though it is literally just the ground splitting apart in a crater. Very nice. And and damn, goddamn, uh, Kite's got some thighs on him. Holy shit. Gone? Yeah. Or, or you gone. Mean... Sorry, gone. Sorry. Oh, okay. My bad. 
He's got some some thighs. Uh, he didn't skip leg day for sure with that form. <laughs> um, I did like this one. Ba- basically, uh, so in the in the anime, they didn't really refer to Pito as a zombie, but more like a a last ditch effort, a last ditch effort sort of thing. But it literally spells out, oh, this dude's a zombie bent on Gon's destruction. And I would, and I think they, 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 I'm not sure if they said it, but it like seemed like the anime, it's like a last ditch effort to protect the king, where it's like the manga is like, oh, it's it's Pito's last effort to kill him. But I just said the same thing, but it's different, like you know, meanings where yeah, Pito's goals to kill. Connotation to it. Yeah, um, I think in the <clears throat> manga version I read, with different unofficial apparently uh, translation, it described as a reanimated puppet. Yeah, so it could have been just like a translating difference, but because I think that's the way they described it in the anime as well as that is the puppet really versus an actual zombie, which I think is more apt. But I guess maybe that makes sense. They want to go puppet. Yeah, it's complicated because it's basically like I think it is a puppet, but it is a puppet piloted by a curse left by the person whose body is now being puppeted. Mm -hmm. So, like, it is a zombie in the sense of, like, some remnant of them is controlling themselves, but it's also a puppet in the sense of, like, an external creature, whether or not it originates from them, is controlling them. Gotcha. All right, well, we probably have to speed that up, unfortunately, so we have to go to rate those deaths in the outro. we got four minutes left. All right, uh, Pito, rate the death real quick. Okay, yeah, wow. This is... um. <laughs> I feel Pito's death is not as impactful as Gon's killing. And I know those obviously sound like two halves of the same thing, and they are, but I think that Gon's killing is the more important part of it. So I'm going to give Pito's death, which has tremendous narrative significance and, con- and you know, consequence, I'm going to give it maybe... It's between an 8 and a 9, while I would give the scene a 10. That that makes sense. That makes sense. Like it's you you more a fan of the scene versus the actual death method. Not just the death method, but also like <clears throat> it is more like Gon's action matters more than just the death of the ant, is how I feel. Yeah, and I think that with that, I think I'm gonna uh, be in agreement with you. Where it's like I'm more of a fan of because technically the death. It's I'm pretty sure Pito died after either the first punch or the. Pito died Second. a while ago. Yeah. yeah so, so Taylor, Taylor, I don't even run run the death. It's more like the overkill I'm a fan of, where it's a ten out of ten, and the stuff he does to Pito, more like Pito's death is like an eight or seven, probably. Because he just I'm got not slammed go that low, tree. but like, because I still think it is a tremendously impactful death. But I just think the kill is so much. It's like a core pillar of this series. Yeah. Um, so I I agree with both of you. I would give it let's let's give it like an eight point seven. So I think it's on the higher scale of the eight, but not quite a nine yet, because I agree with both of your uh, points where the actual death itself wasn't as impactful as Gon's act of killing Pito. And I think for me, an impactful death would usually mean like it's a satisfactory satisfactory end towards that character like their journey encompasses it is like encompassed by or ends with that satisfactory death and I think for Pito in some ways it was because it's like they had the whole journey of protecting the king and that was their purpose but I think in their role in um killing Kite and then gone in the which resulted in Gon's like descent into 
um, this darkness that we are not that he's now in, I think is important. But it felt like Pito in its end is has always just been like a tool, like not an actual character. That is interesting, yeah, because Yupi and I guess we're uh, out of time. Poof, uh, I think we have one minute. You, Yupi and Poof are very different, anyways. Thank you so much for listening yeah. to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat at our Facebook or Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. Oh, I'm sorry, our X. Uh, heads up, check us out on patreon.com slash spirit hunter pod and join our public discord where we'll discuss the shit out of Hunter, UU, and much more. Speaking of the discord, if you want to support us another way, you can do so by giving us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Each review gets a service to tens or hundreds more people. Bye, you guys. Bye.